Hello listeners, and welcome to the Detail's new podcast called Michael Jackson Unspun. But I must confess it feels good to be thought of as a person, not as a personality. Um, so welcome everyone to the last episode of the Details Podcast, Michael Jackson Unspun. Uh, I'm Matt, the video creator behind uh, YouTube's The Detail and also your host for this series. Uh, but I'm also here with another Michael Jackson YouTuber, MJ Fangirl. How's it going? Hello! Hi! <laughs> um, so this is a very special episode of MJ Unspun, um, as we are currently recording it during a live stream on YouTube, uh, where we're answering all your questions. Uh, for the full episode um so yeah and then obviously at the final part we're going to be doing our desert island disc uh, quick fire round um so i can't wait to hear everyone's input during that as well we're getting a lot of questions around michael jackson and diana ross <laughs> <laughs> full scoop um so if you had to summarize that i don't know I, I have you looked into it too much obviously i've done two videos on that um and it's one of my most popular videos um but yeah um i honestly beyond your videos i haven't looked too much into it because i can't find like i want to know what diana ross has to say you know mm. like that's the information or like people in the motown camp mm. um that's what i've always wanted to know but i know that they were very dear to each other's hearts but i'm not i don't know 100 percent like what actually happened yeah i think like reflecting back on that and obviously with the like what I've read and what I've heard was that um I feel like it was more of a case of like and I think this happened quite a lot with Michael Jackson where he would have these like infatuations with women and that like something that she thought is very naive like her I don't know giving him a kiss on the cheek or something he would like read into it so much and think oh my god like she loves me um and then as soon as he like brought it up to her or like uh, approached her with it then he was like you know then she would just be like whoa like I really didn't see it like that because um, even stuff like was that on that Oprah interview or I think it was on the Martin Brashear interview but he was saying like oh yeah I'm going out with um, Brooke Shields and Brooke Shields is like we've never dated like I don't know why he's saying this like he's a really close friend but um, like we're not going but out I also feel like See, that's hard because I also think that there might be Brooke Shields people telling her, oh, no, like, don't, you know, say like, I feel like there's a there's a yeah. trend of people turning on Michael for their benefit or like when they feel like he doesn't fit into their narrative to just like kind of be like, oh, yeah, no, we never we never talked or worked together. We just, you know, went to yeah, the that's book. true. It's true. Because also, so, I, I watched an episode recently, and it was the Oprah episode that she did on her TV show. Uh, it was the day of the, you know, the live broadcast. Um, and she spoke mm -hmm. to Brooke Shields about Michael Jackson. And pretty much Oprah was saying, like, um, are you going out with Michael Jackson? Have you ever had any type of, like, romantic relationship with Michael Jackson? And, like, Brooke Shields was very, like, you know mysterious around it she was kind of suggesting that there was something between them two and then there's other times where it's like no we never did anything so i feel like it kind of 
yeah, it depends on where they are in their career, what their managers are saying. Oh yeah, big that up, like that'll get you more press for this new like film project you've got going on or actually lay low with it because, you know, he's not doing that well in the press at the moment or it kind of makes you look a bit weird or not relatable or whatever. So I feel like that really actually happens a lot with potential love interests. Because even with the Tati Alfonsum, um um, videos like you can see like when she's just speaking about herself like there's certain periods of time where she's really like obsessed with Michael Jackson saying that they were in love then she's saying she's absolutely devastated when you know it didn't work out then she was saying it was strictly professional um, that she's completely over him and that she doesn't you know doesn't want anything to do with him um, so it's kind of like it just I don't know and I think because Michael Jackson is one of these people where there's all these kind of like waves of different like you know uh, people loving him and then he's like down in the you know the the bad books in terms of the press and the public uh, appeal with her the, uh, with him that um, that yeah like any anyone who's associated with him like over the years their story or their interpretation of him is going to be like different um, even the sense with like Stephanie Mills like I find no early interviews where she's talking there's no articles about them like in the late 70s early 80s even in the 90s she only really admitted that she uh, had a relationship with Michael Jackson in the 2000s and I think a lot of that is because she was promoting an album or she wanted to right. talk about her you know wanted to get into more of the public eye wanted those like headlines so there's kind of those um yeah ulterior motives out there I feel as well I agree. People definitely used uh, Michael's name for their benefit. Like like you said, if it helped to promote something, they used it. They would kind of like turn a blind eye or walk away when it wasn't convenient. So I feel like with these things, we'll never know. But it's interesting to hear the sides. Unfortunately, we can't hear Michael's full side. But I liked when he like kind of gave us a little peek into what was going on with these celebrities. And I always maintain that like Brooke Shields, I think that they had to have some type of close relationship. Otherwise, why would she have spoken? Or why would the family have accepted her to speak at his memorial? Hmm. I feel like they were friends. Right? I feel, I feel like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. You know, I haven't done the video or the full research, but in my in my head, I feel like they were friends. But maybe they used it to their own advantages. Um, right. So... So yeah, um, let's see. Okay, we keep getting the question, what's your favorite MJ choreography? Dangerous Billie Jean. What's RTT? Remember the time? Uh, remember. Oh, um, et cetera. So, so if, let's say, let's say on the tour, what's your favorite, what's your favorite choreography out of any of his tours? My, oh, tours. I really love, Hmm. That's a hard one. I yeah. feel like the best that's the best choreography. I feel like that's probably the history tour, even though I know because I've I've recently come to be more um into the history tour because I had a, like a live debate on my channel mm. about it and I was assigned the history tour. And by the way, we're having another debate on Thursday if you want to stay tuned for music videos. Mm. But yes. Come join. Um, yeah. <laughs> but history tour to me was very refined in the movements. And that's when I think like Travis Payne came in and Lavelle and they did a lot of choreography and they had been with them for a while by that time. I think that that was my favorite. Yeah. 
I really like the history tour, um, Stranger in Moscow. Did he, did he perform that, that much? Or was it just a couple performances? Cause I feel like it's not, or was it, was it every, like maybe the single came out later on, like in the tour that it wasn't always on the set list. Um, yeah. But I love that whole, you know, it's very like atmospheric, like it's just very him kind of vibing, doing his like different, you know, kind of his uh, little robotic moves. Yeah, like yeah. I love that. Um, I mean, my favorite is Jam, obviously, but I also love it when he does like the Jackson 5 hits and they do like the whole like pointing <laughs> that, you know, him and his brothers like uh, pointing and doing the different, you know, the old school dance routines and doing the clapping and the jumping and stuff. Like, I really do love those. Like, um, and I don't know, that's, that's one thing like, that's really cool that like, I don't know, those are like the classic choreography that he does every time and uh, they don't change too much and they just kind of, I don't know, it's, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like he just gets better at it, I think. Yeah, I agree. Love those Jackson 5 moments. <laughs> yeah. Well, so again, uh, what's your favorite choreography from the music videos? I'm excited that we... Oh, um, music videos. For me, I think I would have to go with Thriller, classic. Yeah. Hmm, uh, I think the one I would probably watch most, it would probably be Thriller. I really, you know, I really like uh, um, uh, The Way You Make Me Feel. Like, I just love the look of that video. I think that video looks so cool, like, with the smoky kind of blue lit, like, background and the silhouette and, I don't know, it's all very, like, slick and, yeah. So I, I, I think that was a really great routine. Like, I like the bad, bad uh, choreography, but I felt like it was trying to be a bit too, you know, with like the sound effects and stuff, like it was trying to be a bit too like slick. Um, yeah. I feel like it was very like, I don't know, you can tell the pressure was on, like we need to make this amazing. <laughs> and I feel mm -hmm. like the way you make me feel is a bit more like cooler. I just feel like it was more of a vibe. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, and I feel like the way you make me feel translated really well onto stage as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I see someone asking about um, favorite Michael Jackson book, and they mentioned Moonwalk or the poetry one. Mm. And I think that's a great question. Um, did he I, write? So did he was the poetry his that he wrote. Yes, that poetry was his. Um, that book was called Dancing the Dream, and Michael said that it was even more autobiographical than the autobiogra autobiography. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I like, personally, I love Dancing the Dream probably the best. Um, so yeah, it had a lot of like poems, short stories, lyrics. Mm. So that's mine. How about yeah. you? Anything? Um, I don't know. You know, I've only, I've only really read his uh, biography by Jay Tamborelli. What's his name? Oh, Randy yeah. Jay Tamborelli. Yes. Um, I watched, yeah, I read that years ago around the time when he died. Um, and that gave me, cause I did also buy Moonwalk and I read bits of it, but I haven't read all of it. Cause I feel like that was kind of, I don't know, you don't get all the inside stuff. <laughs> like you kind of get, you know, I love my brothers and everything's amazing and they're amazing. So, um, but there are some candid bits in, uh, Moonwalk as well. Um, but yeah, so that's probably the one that I've read most. Um, yeah. 
which, yeah, which I found really fascinating. And I do use as like a reference. And I know some people are like, they don't really like that book or they think some of it's not accurate. But I think, um, I think it's, I don't know. There's, there's not much I really dispute with it. Um, Another book that I want to say that I did enjoy was the Rabbi Shmuley's tapes. And mm. I don't really enjoy Rabbi Shmuley's input, but I do enjoy like hearing Michael just talk about subjects that you would never hear him talk about out loud really in front of the public which is I don't know it's it's a two-edged sword because I'm like okay this is a violation of privacy but at the same time it's interesting to hear Michael talk as a human being you know what did you like about 70s Michael Jackson what do you like about is there an era of Michael Jackson or what do you like about Michael Jackson in the 70s well, I love the 70s in general. I think it was a really, really exciting time uh, for music and pop culture. But I would have to say that I love just seeing the interactions with his brothers. And I enjoy him seeing breaking out, seeing him break out on his own. Um, the 70s was interesting because you see like the rise of fame of the Jackson 5. And then, it you know, they kind of declined mm. in terms of sales and mm. then you know they came out with these two albums when they moved to epic jackson's and going places and they, they didn't do so well because they were working with producers that i think were great but maybe not to fit the jackson style but then when they broke out with um the destiny album and triumph and they kind of like blew back up again they uh, got a huge disco hit and all that so i love just seeing like the ebbs of flows of the career mm. and how Michael adjusted, how he adjusted to being an adult, how he adjusted to having a new voice. So I just love it because I think it was a period of discovery. Yeah. No, I think that as well. And I think that's a really like um, testing time for Michael Jackson. It really shaped him as a performer, like to have that huge kind of superstardom right from the beginning, right from the outset, and then have that career kind of, you know, like he had those trials and, you know, the bounce of things wanting them to be really successful and maybe not getting what he felt like he deserved and, and what the group deserved. Um, and then that kind of motivating him to do, do everything that he can or to take those lessons that he learned during that period of time and apply them in a positive way for his like future as a solo artist. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I mean late I mean I mean obviously late seventies off the wall is incredible. <laughs> like you know those off, <laughs> off the wall performances are yeah incredible. But I also like Michael Jackson when he's kind of a teenager when he's probably like sixteen seventeen years old and he's kind of just it just seems very like I don't know coming into his own and kind of uh, I always think of one day in your life <laughs> as a song. But you yeah, know kind of quite sweet and innocent and with so much kind of like optimism and so kind of um like he just seemed like it just seemed he just seemed very exuberant and happy during that time oh i agree i agree right here's a question for both of us it says if you had two options uh first one to become a millionaire and the second one to get michael jackson's billy jean jacket uh what one would you choose <laughs> I think you would be a billionaire if you had the Billie Jean jacket. Right. Wait, okay. I got to Okay, let me take 10 seconds to end, to think about this. You you go first. <laughs> um uh 
I'd probably take the jacket because that's just going to appreciate in value. That's like your money invested in something. So, and it'd be cool to have. Yes. Okay. Don't come for me in the comments, you guys. But <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I'm going to take a million dollars. Okay. But but here's why. Um, I could be settled, like you know, for a long time because I'd invest, and I might get other Michael Jackson collection uh. items. Is there anything, this is actually an interesting question, is there anything that like memorabilia or, because you have some stuff anyway, but like, I don't know, have you ever thought about, oh, like, I don't know, there's a signed photo by Michael Jackson or there's a letter or there's a pair of sunglasses or something, I, I might be tempted at some point, like, have you ever looked at those things, have you ever thought like, I would love to own something like that? So I have gone to Julian's auctions a few times when they had, uh, events here in New York, auctioning some stuff. And I, when I went there, I was like, oh, I want a Michael Jackson costume. But then I saw Jackson 5 costumes and how, I mean, honestly, the value is, I think, greater than what they're being sold for mm. now. So I would love, this is just like total bucket lists of mine to have like a piece of a Jackson 5 costume from like a performance from every brother, like all five brothers, or if it's a Jackson, same thing, all five. Okay. And have like a big display, you know, with like Jackie's custom, Michael, Marlon, Randy, Tito. Like that would be so cool. Well, like the same performance, or this like they would wear it all on the same stage, but like just yes. different elements from it. Yes, and then I'd have the photo of the performance or something yeah. to be in that same frame. Um, it like I kind of want it to be something that you can display pretty easily. Like if I had. I don't know, like, I don't know. It would probably, actually, what would be really cool if it, if it was, like, I've seen there's been quite a few, like, notes that Michael Jackson has, like, written to people, or, like, letters and stuff, um, and I think oh, it would be okay. really cool yeah. to have those displayed somewhere. Um, there's a really interesting one for sale at the moment where it's for his um, his security guard, uh, Bill Bray, um, and that's really kind of candid. He's talking about how his father... Um, you know, didn't didn't really care about him and just use him for money and like you've been like a father to me and I really appreciate you for all these years being with me and stuff. So it's a really like, you know, obviously it gives a huge amount of insight about him. Um, so yeah. Right, more questions. Um, I did see a question which they said, do you think Michael Jackson was autistic? Like was on the, um, was on the autistic spectrum? Which I think is quite an interesting, I like idea around him what do you think i've never heard of that like I, i've never heard that either i don't know i'm not I'm, i mean i'm not a medical professional yeah. or anything and <laughs> i don't really <laughs> so i don't know i don't think so though yeah because i michael jackson was a i mean so i okay so the i think i saw that it mentioned something about his social judgments and gullibility childlike innocence but I think you could also argue that Michael Jackson also was a very good businessman. And part of that, part of that childlike instance was true, but I think a lot of it was also built into his image purposely. Mm. Uh, you know, but he was a pretty shrewd businessman. So I don't know. I don't know. Social judgments, I think personally, it just has to do with his sheltered childhood and the fact that he was always around adults and not really relating to people his own age and not really relating to people in general like imagine like being like the most popular person on earth there are a lot of people 
that aren't able to make friends just as like being getting 15 minutes of fame but imagine being famous your whole life like mm. so yeah that's what i think yeah um I, th I think it's more to do with that. I think he seems very unusual to people because he was from a very unusual situation uh, yeah. and circumstance. And I think, and this is the thing that I always say when people like question things about Michael Jackson, I just always say like, wh when did anything make sense with Michael Jackson? Like, this is part of the reason why I find him so fascinating. Like, you can't really work him out. Um, so nothing really made sense with him. And I don't know, I guess like some of these questions where it's like, oh, he's this, he's that, oh, that explains it, oh, it's because of this. I feel like it's kind of those like neutralizing questions where people just want to, they kind of simplify him as a human being and just say, oh, well, he's this, and that's why it's like that, uh, which I don't think is necessarily the case. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, people always want to put a label or put a definition on Michael or try to analyze, but... Again, like, I think that also him being mysterious and doing things to make us go, what? Huh? Mm. Is he serious? Yeah. Was a part of, like, his image that he built on mm. purpose. Um, and there are a lot of instances of him planting stories and, like, kind of crafting his image in a way where he wouldn't make people ask questions. And I think that is part of the genius behind him. So Yeah. And I think also... but. To be fair, like a lot of people who are autistic have incredible talents and obsessions and, you know, they're really talented in other ways, you know, they're great, I don't know, like novelists or they get really obsessed around, you know, just, just you know, they, they have their own creative kind of ways of doing things that are like their own. So, I mean, it, 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 could, it could make sense in that way. Um, but yeah, I think we had another one as well, which said, what was the most time-consuming video you've ever created on your channel? So if we just talk about ourselves, I'm just wondering. That's actually quite an interesting one. I wonder what your what your uh, most time-consuming video was. <laughs> most time-consuming? Dang, I would have to like look through my videos, but it would probably be something like one of the album reviews that I've done mm. because my videos are pretty quick, like because I had a lot of reaction videos and vlogs which are very pretty much easy to um yeah. execute but time consuming i would say the album reviews or like anything where i'm like giving providing like an educational spin on something because first of all i have to look up the information then i have to double check my sources i can't just go on wikipedia and be like okay this is the information yeah. you're literally just reading off wikipedia <laughs> right. somebody yeah. will check me in the comments and they have done it before yeah. And, and then also editing it because, you know, when you're talking to camera, sometimes you might be like, I might be like, yes, Michael Jackson actually put this album out and the Destiny album came out in 1978 and the, and the Jackson's album came out in 1972. Or, like I, like mm. I tend to talk and put things really close together, mm. but sometimes I just jumble my words and I mess them up. So watching, rewatching and editing on all that stuff, that's the, the, what takes the time to make sure it's accurate. Mm. I just think. So, well, I how just, about you? You know, what, it's probably it's probably was the rev, uh, year in review, nineteen eighty three, because it's just okay. trying to find out the different dates for things and having to make sure it's one hundred percent correct. Like, I think someone commented the other day on that video, like all the dates are wrong, and I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> like, I've spent so long like making sure that all the dates are correct, and if I don't know the exact same date, so like. Sometimes I don't know exactly when a music video, like to the day that they were like uh, uh, filmed. So I just write like 
January 1983 this happened. Um, so yeah. I never, like, claimed to say, oh, I think it was the 7th, I'm not sure. Like, I always just put, like, something more vague. Um, but that just, that just took a long time. Um, this one's also taking a longer time. But then also, I don't have to write a script for that. And a script does take a long time as well. I think also doing the... Um, the Lisa Marie Presley and Michael Jackson series as well. That took a long time. There was really like a lot to unpack. There was a lot of articles right. about it, a lot of people, different people's opinions, a lot of clips about them, like a lot spoken about it. So, um, so yeah, they're all, to be honest, none of the videos are like super quick, like unless it's just like a compilation or it's a very short video. Like generally the longer the video is, the longer it is. And my videos recently have been like a lot longer. Um, so originally with my channel, my videos were around like five to like seven, eight minutes long. And now they're like mm. 10 to 15. <laughs> um, <laughs> and especially when you're like editing and I'm trying to find clips. And also I edit, like my editing style is quite quick. Like I put clips quite close together. Um, mm. So it is, it is quite time consuming. Um, I also saw another, yeah. que another question saying, um, who inspired your channel or what inspired you to do your channel so like I'd be interested to hear from you like what did you see anyone or see anything or did you think hey like I'm gonna start my own channel like like it kind of sparked an idea in your head yeah I mean mostly because like when I looked at other Michael Jackson organizations and channels there weren't that many back like when I started honestly but when I looked there was a void there was no one that like thought the same way that I did. There was no one that looked the same way that I did. I mean, honestly, I didn't see any really women in the forefront um, in the Michael Jackson fan community. And I really didn't see anyone of color either. And I was really? like, how come there's no one out there talking about, you know, I'm also not talking about the Jackson 5 and the Jackson's era and all the things that I'm passionate about and representing like a youth in the fan community. Cause like, even though I'm 33, I do, um, feel a very strong connection to new fans and like fans that are in their teenage years because that's when I became a fan and started meeting my fan friends mm. so like that's really why I created my channel and I didn't model the channel after everyone but um, of course inspired by Michael inspired by other other um, creators that I've seen online um, just randomly but not really Michael Jackson related mm. so that's that's kind of like the reason behind I creating my channel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I did it then. So I'm, um, there's a UK, uh, so initially when I thought, Oh, I might do that. There was originally, um, a UK, uh, YouTuber, her name's uh, Patricia Bright. And she was talking about ways in which you can like start a channel and how like, you know, obviously she's like a typical YouTuber where like she's front and center and she's like talking about her life and what she's buying and stuff like that. Um, and she was saying there's those people on YouTube who are not, cause I've wanted to start a YouTube channel for ages, but I didn't really want me to be the main focus. And I didn't really want that like attention on me personally. Uh, but I really like the idea of like creating content and people watching, you know, talking about things that I'm interested in. And, um, and she said, oh, there's like so many people who are on YouTube who aren't like feature, you know, they don't feature themselves at all. They have like their own thing. And I was like, mm, maybe I could do that. Um, and then really my channel is kind of like, inspired by those like um kind of celebrity gossip channels like the ones that you get about like the kardashians and like 
whatever celebrity is going on there's loads of channels like them and I kind of thought well I I don't really care much about like the Kardashians or Cardi B or whatever or what they're doing like I'm really interested in like you know my favorite artists are all like you know Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, Whitney Houston, like George Michael like I'm really into that era and that nostalgia and I'm sure there's loads of people out there who are like that as well so why don't I create create content um based on you know based on those people rather than like modern day celebrities um so that was kind of the original inspiration and then obviously it kind of evolved into just being a purely Michael Jackson channel because I create one video and then when you create one video you think about doing another one and another one and another one and then it just like, right. I I thought people might get bored I thought people might think oh my god like there's so many Michael Jackson videos but I mean people are loving them like and I love doing them like there's not um uh, you know there's every, like literally all the time thinking of new stuff that like you know I could create like I don't see any kind of like end to this at all um so so yeah and I, I think it really just shows like I don't know how huge and how expansive his like uh, fan base is, and also just the interest in him as a as a, as a performer and a, as a legacy artist. Like it's still there and it's still so thriving. Um, was that a concern of yours? Like when you're you know on the community uh, doing like your community channel, were you worried that like I don't know there wouldn't be a big enough fan base? Or I guess you're already part of it, so you kind of knew that there was an audience out there. Yeah, I knew. I mean, honestly, I knew I, there was an audience because I was part of like the fan community and forums since I was like fourteen. So I, I, I it, the for me, it was just like getting people there. That was the hard part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I was just gonna say that I love how you um, take like a topic and then you do several different videos of it from different angles. Mm. I feel like that really is great because it gives us a lot of different perspectives into a topic that like someone else might do in just a one-off five-minute video. You're like really diving deep. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, and I try not like put too much of like my opinion or, you know, it's everything in which I talk about is kind of like based on what other people have said or like what's kind of what Michael Jackson said himself. So it's, yeah, it's it's literally trying to just put the the facts forward. Um, and that's also a thing as well, like in terms of trying to consume content around Michael Jackson, like, I mean, we've spoken about it before. Some of the documentaries are just absolutely appalling. Uh, <laughs> and so many times, like... I watched one recently. It's actually on one of these DVDs. Um, wait, I this is the funniest documentary. So it's called Wacko, a Wacko about Jacko, and I oh, remember watching God. this. No, no, it's a it's a UK documentary. I remember watching this when I was so it came out in two thousand five. So I must have been fourteen at the time, and it's uh, like following Michael Jackson fans from the UK who are like obsessed with Michael Jackson, oh. and they're doing like their own like events in London where they're getting like lookalikes to come and perform, and like they're all like crazy Michael Jackson fans, and some of them are. Um, uh, they go to uh, Los Angeles, like, they're just like 19 years old and spending all this money to go to Los Angeles to have banners to, you know, while Michael Jackson was going through the trial and stuff. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and then and then you see, like, one of them gave Michael Jackson um, a jacket and on the back it said something about um, Snedden. It was, it was something, or something about the tabloids, like, um, which Michael Jackson wore. Um, but yeah, you might remember it during that time, uh, but it's, yeah. it's just, it's just a really interesting documentary that, um, 
that yeah it kind of takes me back because I remember watching it and like being like oh my god am I like that kind of fan because they are pretty <laughs> they're pretty wacko for Jacko and <laughs> but um but even in that like they show they do you know they do a little bit of a bio about Michael Jackson and then just all of a sudden like they're showing a picture of Michael Jackson and it's Jermaine and it's like how did this how did this go out on like national television <laughs> like um, People are so careless making these MJ documentaries. I don't get it. Oh my god! And you know, because obviously I, I read a lot of um, archive newspaper clippings. The amount of times that people write Billy Jean with a Y, like, is ridiculous. Like Billy with a Y, um, is ridiculous. Like the amount of times that they misspell Michael Jackson's name and stuff. Like it's crazy. And they're not just all like local newspapers and stuff. Like sometimes it's like the Los Angeles. Times or whatever New York Post and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, like I said, it's kind of like I wanted to create something where it was that kind of like expert level Michael Jackson content, and that it was those rare clips, and it was more in depth, and it's talking about those kind of more niche topics, uh, which I'm really interested in, and because I'm interested in it, I feel like other people will as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's see if we have any. Um, would you ever get any MJ tattoos? <laughs> oh, um, I probably wouldn't because I'm such a conservative person. Um, yeah. But I love MJ tattoos. I love looking at them. If Okay, what would be your, like, if, if I don't know, if you weren't actually going to have the tattoo, but, like, it's your favorite, if you were going to get a tattoo, what type of thing would you have got, do you think? Oh. Have you seen one that you're like, wow, that's really cool? <laughs> Well, okay, so there's one person whose tattoos that I love, which is um, Rihanna, and she has a gray tattoo. So it's lighter and it's not so harsh on the skin and it's like lyrics. So, you know, maybe I'll get something that says, I mean, I can't think of any lyrics now, but you know, break of dawn or someone put your hand out. I don't know, but something like that, like on the neck yeah. would be cool. Uh, yeah, what, so just like lyrics? Yes, just lyrics for me. Yeah. We've actually got a super chat now. Uh, so Chris, yay! yay! <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, Chris Darcy Dancy uh, said, "Speculate, uh, speculate on 1998 on his signature for being t uh, for a long time." I have my theory and my signed items with it. So, oh. oh, yes, okay. So that's what when Michael was signing and then putting 1998 with like a little sparkle underneath the oh. the N in his name. When did he do that though? Was that during 1998? I feel like it was earlier. I feel like it was almost starting in the bad era. And I feel like I heard a rumor that he went to like um, a fortune teller or I don't know what you call, like a, a tarot reader or one of those type of people. Yeah. And they told him that 1988 was gonna be like a, an important year or something like that for him. So he started signing with that. That's oh. what I've heard. Wow. Like predicting something. Did anything significant happen in 1998? Maybe he was. He didn't have any albums or tours or anything particularly. Maybe he was lying low, thinking, "This is my year. Like, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be open to stuff happening. I'm not gonna right. plan anything." Fortune tell with those fortune tellers because I feel like once they tell it to you, you're like, "Okay, I know this is gonna be my year. I know something's gonna happen." And then, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. So, but. Um, yeah, do, I do love think, those two. 
do you think Michael Jackson was into stuff like that, like predicting the future or like, because I know obviously he was very religious, so I imagine that would kind of um, like go against his own religious feelings. But I wonder if he did like that kind of, uh, yeah, like fortune tellers and trying to predict the future and things. Well, I think that in his career, he matched up with a lot of spiritual advisors and different people from different religions. And I think he really uh, was interested in like seeing those different perspectives. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I think he probably dabbled in it a little, but I, I really am not sure. That's just the story that I heard. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like in Jehovah's Witness religion, I think all that is something that's not okay to yeah. do. It's weird because I was reading um, articles about Michael Jackson during the Victory Tour because um, obviously he refused to do any interviews. He was really like laid low, you know, literally just performed and just did his own thing. But he still went out um, knocking on people's doors as Jehovah's Witness um, in when he was touring around. So like I just couldn't even imagine like, you know, if the Jacksons were turning up in your city and then you just had Michael Jackson turning up at your door, like, I mean... <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he was very persuasive <laughs> in terms of what he was talking about. No, I was going to mention also that the Super Chat, um, Chris, um, he followed up and he said, yes, he believed in prosperity intention. He put $100 million on his mirror and he did a lot of intention magic. Mm. Like, I think he's referencing when he said he wanted Thriller to be the greatest album of all time, right? And sell 100 million copies or something like that. Mm. And yeah. I guess it's like, yeah, like he said, prosperity intention, law of attraction, like manifesting mm. uh, when, you, when you think it, you believe it kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I think that's probably more the case. Like it's more of a mindset, like 1998 was going to be my year. Maybe he, I don't know. Yeah, he felt like really great things were coming to him during that time rather than a kind of fortune teller type thing. Um, was one, maybe I was thinking maybe one of the kids were born in 98, but I'm not good with this. I think I they were, because um, I think I think his son was born in February 1997. Um, so yeah, it makes sense, like the year after Paris. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And also in that in that victory thing, they were talking about how Michael Jackson disguised as an old man and tried to go into a shopping center in, <laughs> I think it was in Dallas, uh, but okay. he got caught out and then he had to like run into a a shopping department store and run out the back because like it was going to be, he was going to get mobbed. Um, so yeah, all those like funny little questions. Um, I see that someone also mentioned um, he signed 98 because that's when he would be 40. Yeah. And also, so yeah, Paris was born in April, 1998. Um, okay. So, so yeah. yeah. Um, but he never celebrated birthdays really. So I don't know whether his birthday would have been that significant to him. True, true. Oh, I see a question. Yes. Um, someone asked, have either of you seen Michael in person or live? So I could answer that. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you haven't really told me like the full like story around this, like what you remember from this. So yeah. Okay. So uh, mine's a really, mine's a really quick answer. No, I haven't. Um, so that's me, but you have a different story. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I have two stories. One is, is that I did see Michael Jackson the day before 9-11 here in New York oh. at MSG for the 30th anniversary. And it was my third or fourth day of high school. And I went and I was all the way up in the back. It was really hard to get tickets, but we got them. 
calling on dial-up and house phone and cell phone. Um, and that was electrifying. And then I was in Tokyo in 2004, I believe. I think it was 2004. Or no, it was 2006. I don't know. You'll have to watch. I have a video about it. But I missed Michael Jackson by literally like 20 or 30 minutes. I was waiting in the rain on the red carpet at Japan TV Japan Awards. Oh, my and God. This was when I was first studying Japanese and like I really didn't know the full like understand the full announcement and I was there with my host sister who I had lived with her family when I was living there mm. for a short time and I think the translation was off. I'm not going to say it was intentional um but I think she was definitely sick of standing in the rain for 7 hours and mm, yeah. Much <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. And and you couldn't have umbrellas up, so we were like soaking wet, waiting for Michael. And I left, and I missed him. And it's one of the biggest regrets of my fan life. You know, a, a similar thing happens on this on this documentary where they they get this scoop or something that before I don't know why he would do this, but before his trial, like a couple of days before, he was going to go to the World Music Awards. So they mm -hmm. go to like the big I don't know, it's like a big stadium or something. They travel from Los Angeles to Las Vegas to go because potentially he was going to be there. And um, they they get to the venue and then they hear loads of people going, Michael, Michael, over here, Michael, Michael. And they're like running up like, oh my God, he's here, he's here. And then they go up, they're like, oh, it's Michael Douglas. Okay. Um, so, oh, no. <laughs> um, and then they're there, like, asking security, like, are you sure it's Michael Jackson not coming? It's like, no, Michael Jackson's not coming. He was going to come, but his seat was um, given away this morning, so he's not coming. And you just feel this whole, like, they're just like, what should we do? Should we stay? Should we wait out? Are they being truthful? What's, you know, like, so it's, you know, all this. And I, th there's, one, there's one scene from it where... Michael Jackson is going uh, to the court case and the guy's like, I've got a feeling like, um, I feel like I should go to Neverland because I feel like, you know, he might greet fans better there than at the courthouse. So then he goes mm -hmm. to the Neverland and then he misses Michael Jackson. So it just kind of all falls apart. <laughs> but um, yeah, but that that's just what happens when you're like a fan watcher. Like you're constantly speculating whether you're going to see them and... I think that's also part of like the whole like hysteria around like particularly someone like Michael Jackson where you just got all these people around just desperate to see him and not knowing what to do and like is he there is he you know here and then and then you see him and you're like screaming and like mobbing him <laughs> you know like it just all right. like builds up you know and he was super nice to fans and like that's another thing is like mm. like you said or like when will he have time or when will he be most attentive because. I was just watching a video where a, a fan from back in the day said that she got she was ordered pizza and like given blankets and stuff by Michael's team for just sitting out there. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so, so cool. Yeah, like you never hear a bad experience ever. Like, have you actually heard of a bad experience when someone's met Michael Jackson where they're like, oh, he was a bit rude or a bit quiet, didn't really say much. <laughs> no, never, never. It's crazy. It's insane. And then like, I've had a friend who when Michael was doing like the, I think it was like around the invincible protests and stuff in 2001 or two, I think one, but she came from Australia. She flew like as soon as she figured out, she got on the first flight, jumped on the flight to New York city and she happened to meet Michael Wow! and she said that they had a, you know, a private conversation and she talked about what was going on in her life and he gave her words of advice that she won't share because they're so personal, but yeah, she said she felt so special and so heard and so appreciated as a fan. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of artist doesn't come around a lot.
No, no. Um, also, I see this question here, which I think is kind of funny. They're saying, uh, what's your favorite video to record? Was there like, do you have like a favorite video on your channel that you loved like recording or like researching about? Um, mine would have to be the Brazil video when I went to the set of, of they don't care about yeah. Everyone would love, like, if every video was going to Brazil and, like, <laughs> yeah. that'd be so cool. That's my favorite. How about, how about you? Is there anything, like, specific? Ones that stand out for me, I really love the business ones. So I really, I'm really proud of the videos that I did for um, the Pepsi and the LA Gear videos. I think they're really, like, some of my best work. Uh, I enjoy watching them. Um, and they and I, I really find it interesting as well and that's why I'm, in, I'm excited about doing the ATV catalogue as well um, and then my other one which uh, I really love is the uh, the truth behind bad I just find that I, re I just I think that was like not to like brag or anything but I thought that was a very good video and uh, really kind of like talks about that time and you know his um, you know kind of building him you know his, his kind of like persona and everything together for the bad era and all the everything that kind of went into um, that whole process so I really love uh, those videos um, but yeah do you ever like do you ever like I don't know you're like playing around with a video uploading something and then you just start watching an old video do you do that quite often or do you just kind of like once they're done they're done Mm, I watch old videos sometimes because I try to like see what works like I for example for like the Brazil video I thought I did that, it worked, it got a lot of views from my channel. And then I was doing other travel videos and I was like, no one's watching this, like why? And then I went back to copy the same style. And uh, that's when I created the bad train station video. Yeah. So I usually go back for like reference and then um, also sometimes if I leave the house and I, and I leave something playing for a little while, I just give, you know, play on my other personal account, give myself a little kickback from the ads. <laughs> no shame in that, right? Yeah, <laughs> helps with the algorithm. Especially yeah. if it's like an external link or something. I know that works quite well. Speaking of that, I heard we have a thread on Lipstick Alley. We must be getting pretty popular. Really? <laughs> that, what, is that new? Awesome. No, it's, it's, maybe a few months old but i looked and i was like i wonder if anybody anybody's saying anything about me on there because it's a gossip website yeah and we're in the like net or i think it's the M michael jackson forum and yeah they just talked about who's really behind the detail Ooh. and now you know. <laughs> but now they know it's so <laughs> mysterious um yeah. i think we have another super chat or is it another comment from Chris um, says one more uh, MJ mind blowing fact. Did you know that MP? Uh, sorry, did you know the Pepsi accident was actually at halfway point of his life? Um, I did know that, and I'm still not over it. Like, wow. Did you know that? No, um, I don't think. I feel like I maybe I I saw a comment or something like that on your video. It is absolutely crazy. So I, it, it's to the day. Like to the day, like from the day wow. he was born to the Pepsi accident to when he died, it's exactly halfway point during his life. I just think that is so crazy for it to happen then. Like it seems mad. And obviously that being such a kind of like defining like thing about his, um, about his 
his life. I don't know. It just seems. It, I feel like it can't be a coincidence. I mean, I'm not into conspiracy theories or like hoaxes or these types of things. Like, I feel like we'll never know. But I mean, yeah, I think that's just absolutely fascinating that that was halfway through. Yeah, that's incredible. And whoever did the math on that, because I don't think I could have gotten the, the I, math figured out for that. Yeah, I um, I did work it out. I did like go on a calculator thing that worked it out, and I was like. Like absolutely shook. <laughs> oh. Um, and what was the what was the other thing as well? Oh yeah, because because I'm doing like the you know year in review for 1984. Michael Jackson actually went through quite a few surgeries during 1984 as well. Like, um, so the accident happened in late January, and then he had obviously the um, Guinness Book of World Records where they were like you're the high selling album um, high selling album of all time, and then he had the Grammys, which was like huge thing and then pretty much immediately afterwards he had to go have um, surgery on his scalp in the March and then he had to have another surgery in the April as well so a lot of that time he was recovering um, so he kind of like laid low and then obviously they were preparing for the victory tour which I never knew the whole victory tour like they didn't put out tickets until really really late like up until like a month before it was going to start people didn't even know what the dates were or like how people were going to buy tickets and stuff it was one of these concerts where they didn't even know if it was going to happen um wow. yeah i do like one of my like on my bucket list which i've said for a while is to do like each one of the jacksons and michael jackson's concerts and do like a full like video on like you know the uh well i would start off with the um destiny tour and then the triumph tour and then oh, victory yeah. and go through all of them um, because yeah, I mean, particularly, I think the most interesting is probably victory because that is a, that is a very complicated time and there was a lot that went on. Um, so, so yeah. When did you become a fan? So what age do you think you were like confirmed fan? Um, for me, it would probably be around like 12 or so when I saw the Jackson's American Dream. Um, yeah, that yeah, was about me about as well. I was about 11 or 12. I feel like Michael feel Jackson like... fans do start early though. Like, yes. what did you say? You said about five or six. Like, that's a good age for like getting people into Michael Jackson. Yes, that's a great introductory period. Just be like, hey, kid, watch Moonwalker. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking up, could look at my poster. Yeah. <laughs> my Moonwalker. <laughs> so yeah. I wrote um, uh, the detail. Why aren't you? Uh, why is your voice not on the channel anymore? Um, oh, yeah. And they said they miss it, which is very nice. Um, but I think also uh, I'm not the greatest voiceover artist. I don't think that's a great talent of mine. Um, and also I got comments that I sound like Simon Cowell as well as uh, Princess Diana's brother, which I thought was quite odd. Um, I, th oh. I think that's people just reaching for like any British people that they know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because like the research takes so long and like the editing takes so long that like for me to do the voiceover as well it was kind of like let's try and allocate that to someone else so I don't have to do that as well so that's that's the reason why I'm not on it um, but I love the voiceover artists um, I think it really adds something um, yeah, so yeah I love it too someone keeps saying is it true Michael Jackson had a third wife have you ever heard about this I've never heard of that no <laughs> I think I think that's a conspiracy I've never heard anyone speculate that either um, so yeah. Someone's asking about the cackle. Trey Walker says, in the song Off the Wall, what was the cackle in the beginning all about? I thought it was a Halloween song for a second there. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting, like, 
do you know any art any artists because you know like Shimon is from like another artist I can't remember her name but he was kind of referring to like an old soul singer um yes but I wonder if that was popular at the time or he yeah well I I feel like at that era like the Jacksons were really into like cinematics and like experimenting with horror and stuff because Heartbreak Hotel had a similar sound screams right um, mm. did it yeah, scream somewhere in there? Mm. And I even heard that they like, I, I don't know who shared this. One of the Jacksons, I was listening to the Jackson, Michael Jackson channel on Sirius. And they said that they had thrown something down the stairs to get like a horror sound for that song as well. So I don't know, maybe it was just like a feel they, they were into that making songs more cinematic. Yeah. And also just hearing like, um, like I said, with the victory tour, when he's just, I think it was the back, it was the end of a Shake Your Body to Down to the Ground. And he's just, I think they used to just like riff off each other and they used to just make, you know, different sounds. And they would, you know, I think that was the whole kind of like creative process of uh, writing a song and getting the melody together and coming up with something that they were just kind of like, a bit of that would be just making noises and things that don't even make sense. And then you kind of get something from that. Um, right. So maybe it's part of that as well. Uh, why do you think Michael Jackson was really loved so much abroad? That's because oh. So with my Michael Jackson Prince videos, the comment I get all the time, particularly anyone who's not from the US, is, I don't even know who Prince is. I only heard of Prince when he died. I don't know one Prince song. Michael Jackson is the best, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then I do also get a lot of people who do say, love Prince. He was, you know, an incredible artist and he's so better than, you know, than Michael Jackson. So it goes back and forth. But... I think it's, um, yeah, like I get lots of comments from people all around the world just saying, I don't really know a lot about uh, Prince, but everyone knows Michael Jackson. And I think that's really interesting, like, how come Michael Jackson became just so, like, global compared to, like, a lot of artists during that time? Um, um, yeah. Well, I think, for one, one of the things um, that helped was his start with Motown. Motown mm -hmm. kind of branded themselves as the voice of Young America, and so people all over the world knew Motown songs and including the Jackson five. And so I think Michael's name was known. The Jackson name was known mm. uh, as early as the seventies. And then when he um, did like uh, his tours and stuff, like he went to countries abroad and purposely, I feel like and did press there. And I also think that Michael was very respectful of different cultures and backgrounds. Mm. And he always learned, like, you know, the greetings there when he went to different cities to that he toured at for use on stage. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I just think that his message is very, very something that's very relatable for everyone of every background, every age, every culture. And also, I think that Michael understood humanity as a whole because he had the opportunity to go to so many different countries and continents as a part of the Jackson 5 starting out. So maybe he just had a really great understanding of how to appeal to the world. Mm. Yeah, I think Michael Jackson definitely like invested a lot in the um, in the global market, like uh, as an artist, and obviously toured a lot globally. I think also he saw himself having longevity, like on a global level. Like obviously that's why he didn't tour um, with Dangerous and History in the U.S. I think, uh, you know, I get lots of questions on why that was the case, why he didn't tour the US for those tours. Um, and I think really 
he was just kind of like such a target for the American press and the kind of like general feeling around yeah. Michael Jackson during that time. You know, he just could make, he could just, and also just from like a financial standpoint, he could just draw such huge crowds of people. Like, it's funny when you see these um, reports where Michael Jackson goes to um, South Africa or he goes to um, Thailand or, you know, he's in, you know, Argentina or whatever. Like, it's like the whole country. It's like a national, like, event. It's like the, I don't know, like, I don't want to, you know, like a national figure has come and the whole world is, you know, uh, the, whole, the whole country is celebrating because of it. Um, so he just gathered a lot of um, a lot of attention and um, could sell out, con you know, concert arenas with like 100,000 people in them. Um, so it kind of made financial sense for him as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I agree, I agree. Right. Someone said, how tall was Michael? I think Michael was around 5'9". Um, yes. When he died, he was 5'9". He might have been a little bit taller when he was a bit younger. Um, yes. A great, a great resource for those um those details didn't would be <laughs> <laughs> the michael bush book um dressing a king i think it's called oh yeah he tell all michael's measurements from his shoe size to like you know his shoulders width and everything because i had well because i got um there was a fact around thriller that michael jackson during that time he was he had a 26 inch waist or something it was like wow. I, was was he that slim during the Michael Bush era? I mean, I, I think so because like I I want I went to the exhibition that shit. Well, I don't know if it was the one that Shane did, but they they took the clothes to Tokyo, hmm. and when I saw Michael's outfits, I was like, is he really this small? Um, he was really really small, and hmm. the jackets and stuff is I think the, the easiest way to tell. Yeah, yeah. I think they also said in that, because um, it was someone who made the jacket, or, mm. yeah, for, for Thriller, and they said they took his measurements. But they said his weight as well, which I was like, how do you know his weight? Like, if you're just making a jacket, why are you weighing him? So they said he was around 100 pounds, which I don't believe. I think that's way too... 100? Yeah. That's really small. That's, yeah. I mean, so, because I'm, I'm 5'11", and when I was younger, I had like a 28 inch waist and I was like really skinny. So like, and I was around that time, maybe like 140 pounds. Like, So losing 40 pounds, there would literally be nothing of me. Like I'd probably be in hospital. So I don't think that's true. Um, and he was like 24 at the time. So, so yeah. Yeah. They exaggerated, I think. Yeah, definitely. He was 135 pounds. I can imagine. I, I think he was, when he died, he was around 135 pounds, which they said is normal. But I think at 50 years old, that's very slim, very, like, almost underway. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Have you ever believed any of these conspiracies that he's alive or not? Yeah. No, because it just, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I think... I maybe watched one or two conspiracy videos, but then I was like, why am I watching this? I don't think Michael, I just never believe any of the celebrity hoaxes. Yeah. Um, I think he's passed away. It's sad. It would be great if he was alive, but again, I would hate for him to be alive and like hidden. Too. Yeah. Like how, how would that even benefit you anyway? Like, it's not like he'll just go surprise. Like right. I'm coming no. out with, you know, History twenty five, and I'm gonna be here, like here for my yeah, like right. No, no, so. that's totally not gonna happen. So I don't believe it, and 
you don't either. <laughs> and I feel I feel like that is just what happens when any big celebrity dies. Like they always suspect that like, oh, Elvis didn't really die, or Marilyn Monroe, or Tupac. Yeah, like they're all. Oh yeah, they're in Cuba somewhere, or they're on some island. Like they're trying to get away. Um, and like none of these cases are actually like. Oh no, there's evidence. Actually, they were alive for a period of time, and then like you know, it, it's it's always just kind of like that tabloid speculation, I guess. Yeah. Um, which song do you wish Michael Jackson would have performed live? So is there a song that you love that you would have loved to seen him perform live? Oh, okay. Yes, there are two. For me, there are two ballads. One is uh, Break of Dawn and one is Lady in My Life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Did he not sing them live ever? No, I don't think so. He oh needed God. to have. Yeah. So ballads, not like... I mean... Yeah, I'm just thinking if there's any dance tracks. I'm thinking from the Invincible era, like, if there's any songs that... I mean, I would love, like, obviously Dangerous, like, Why Are You Tripping On Me, and She Drives Me Wild. Like, those would have been so cool if they were on a tour. Um, yeah. They're really, like, high energetic. I imagine them having really great, um, like, choreography to go with them as well. Um, I would love for him to f perform something, like, kind of political, like... Um, uh, tabloid junkie or money I think those would have been I think those would have been great videos um, I could I, more probably more videos than like um, an actual performance I imagine them like working a lot better so um, so yeah that's probably that's probably what I would think I love those I, I think it would have been cool to see like money as a transitional song or tra tabloid junkie as a transitional mm. song during songs on the history tour mm. That would have been cool, like, for them to play while Michael was getting dressed with a fun, like, video in the background. I don't yeah. even know if he was doing that at his tours, but, <laughs> yeah, he was. He played black or white video during Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Um, someone said, detail, what's your favorite era of Michael Jackson, 70s, 80s, 90s, or 2000? So if you had to pick, like, 70s, 80s, 90s, or 2000, which one would you pick? Oh... Gosh. All right, I'll 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 just pick the 90s because the Dangerous Era is my favorite, so yeah. 90s for me. I think, like, if you pick the 80s, you get Thriller and Bad. So I'm going to have to pick. True. I'm going to have to pick. You're gonna, I know you get History and Dangerous, but I'm going to have to pick 80s. Um, so, yeah. If Michael Jackson had a YouTube channel, what type of content would it post? Oh. Could you imagine Michael oh. Jackson on social media? Oh, my gosh. I would have loved that. <laughs> like... I don't see him honestly posting on like Instagram or anything, but what I do see is like, I don't know. Like I would have loved to see like Michael Jackson house tour or like, Oh Michael my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like celebrities do that. Then what like him on MTV Cribs type thing. Yes. Or like a day in my life, like a daily routine or like what I eat in a day. Like, I don't know with his personal chef showing what she cooked all day. Like, that would have been so fun. I, I don't think he would ever be that candid, though. Like, if he did have, I don't know, like, but I think it's just a, a, a completely different era of celebrity. Like, that's just something that we're normal, like, we're used to, like, I don't know, Cardi B or, like, um, like Billie Eilish or something, like, showing you more into their lives, you know, and yeah. seeing those backstage bits. And I just think, like, that mystery, it kind of loses it if we kind of, like see Michael Jackson on like a Instagram story like I don't know in his pajamas like you know True. doing an announcement yeah. 
now that you say that, he might be have more of like a Beyonce presence because like yeah. she's never. I mean, everything is planned on her Instagram feed. She never puts up stories. Yeah. Uh, nothing on YouTube besides the videos. So yeah, true. And that's one of the interesting things. Like, of course, we do have so many videos and images of Michael Jackson at home in his pajamas, like him taking selfies or whatever. Like, but I think because it's not like I don't know because it's there, but it's not like something which he's like put out there in the world for everyone to see. It kind of feels more like, oh my god, like we're seeing things <laughs> we're not meant to see, or like this is like super top secret. Um, right. So, so yeah. Someone um, in the chat, he wouldn't have gotten into social media because of the harassment, which is also true. true. I, I, I imagine him like um, blocking any comments, like you can't comment on any of his right. YouTube videos yeah. and any of his Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah, it would have been just even worse. Like, you know, you think about like what he went through with the press and everyone like back in his day, but he didn't have that immediate like, I mean, he would have, and understandably, you would have... Um, really bad uh, posting anxiety on on uh, social media if you were Michael Jackson with kind of like backlash that you get. Um, yeah. So it probably would have just been more intense for him to um, to have to deal with. So, where were you when Michael died, and how did you feel? I haven't actually heard your story about this. Oh, yeah. I I mean, of course, I was devastated. I was in shock. Um, I found out because I was at a friend's house. We were planning. We were actually talking about this is it and planning a trip to London that day. Wait, that were you going to do it? Yeah, I was going to do it. And the day before, I received the email that said, hey, you're allowed to buy tickets tomorrow or whatever. Because it, it was like a staggered process. You had to sign up for the mailing list. Mm -hmm. And on the 24th is when I got my email. And I was like, okay, now I know that I can have the code or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I can go on. And we were talking and then... Um, we saw reports and then my friend called that I had never really spoken to that often and he was crying and I was like, why are you crying? Do you know who you're calling? And then he was like, oh, we have to pray for Michael. And I was like, why? You know, because you never think Michael would actually die. Mm. Um, and then my dad called and he was like, yeah, this is not a good look. It might, ha you know, it might happen, but you know, mm. the good die young, whatever. Like, you know, he, because my dad always had a theory that like, I think a lot of people had a theory that Michael Jackson may pass away young because so many greats do, mm. you know? And so he had always kind of told me about that since I was younger. And so, yeah, it happened. And I was so sad. And I couldn't go back to my room for like a day. All my room had posters mm. and stuff. So I stayed with a friend. Oh, so That's my story. I'm just thinking what happened with me. So I was finishing university at the time. I was in first year of the university. And it was a final night. It was on a Thursday as well. And I remember like we were going out and we heard that like Michael Jackson had a heart attack and that he went to hospital, but it isn't, and he was resuscitated or something, but it wasn't confirmed yet whether he it was successful. So at the time yeah. I was like, well, if you're going to say like they tried to resuscitate him, but not say whether it was successful, like that doesn't sound so good. So like we went, so we went out and uh, we were like in this club and then like over the, um, over the DJ, like, microphone, he said, he told everyone, like, Michael Jackson died, and everyone's like, oh my god, blah, 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 and then they played, like, Michael Jackson all night, which would have been really fun, but, like, it was a bit of a, <laughs> it was a real downer. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so, and then, yeah, so then, and then I thought it was one of these things where, like, I don't know, not that many, because I was a fan and none of my friends were fans. No, like, you know, I don't really know many people were really into Michael Jackson. And, um, yeah, like, I thought he would, um, I thought people wouldn't really care that much. Um, so when I got on the bus home, like, the whole bus was like, Michael Jackson's dead, oh my god. Everyone's a bit drunk as well. So everyone was like, and then I, uh, I was in halls and, like, uh, yeah, like it was just really weird. So many people were like, "Oh yeah, I've loved Michael Jackson since I was a child," and like we stayed up really late and we were watching like the news reports and like listening to videos and stuff. And then um, yeah, like loads of people like I've loved him since I was a child, or like my mum loves him so much, or you know like yeah, like my mum went to go see him in concert, or my aunt and stuff. So all these like stories came out at the time, uh, and I remember the next day. Like I wore black or something because I was like, when is this ever going to happen again? I'm going to wear black, so I wore black. Um, so yeah, that was kind of that was kind of my story. And I knew a couple. Actually, one person was in my house in hall. She had tickets to go see Michael Jackson. Um, so she was a pretty she was a pretty big fan. Um, um, someone also said, "Are either of you going to the MJ Broadway uh, musical in 2021? Is that something? I mean, it's in your city, so I presume. Are you thinking yes. about going?" I'm a thousand percent going whenever Broadway comes back. It might be a while though, because Broadway is very tight, mm. you know, um, space-wise. Mm. All the theaters are not like, um, I don't know how they would even do social distancing there. So mm. hopefully, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely go if they open it. It's supposed to come back in March. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, I haven't actually been to, I've been to New York a lot, but I haven't actually been to any like the Broadway shows. I went to the radio musical um, to go see... I forgot what they're called. The Rockettes? No. Yes. Yeah. yeah the at Christmas. The Christmas show. Yeah. It was, it was really amazing. And then like also doing my videos about the way you make me feel and like the Grammy Awards was there in 1998 and that's where he performed Man in the Mirror and the way you make me feel. I'm like, oh my God, I was there. And also he, yeah. anna he announced, um, I think the Dangerous Tour at Radio uh, Mus Musical. Is that what I'm sorry? Yeah. Radio uh, City Musical. Yeah, yeah, Radio City Musical. Because um, the, yeah, the entrance and everything's amazing. So I was kind of like, we don't have stuff like that in London. Although, like, theatres are kind of, like, a bit, they're all really old and they're all really, like, I don't know, like, hemmed in and tight and stuff. But, um, yeah, I can imagine that's the same in some of the older theatres for New York. Um, we also got another from Alex uh, Moonwalk. Um yeah. Super chat. So, uh, what do you think about What's Up With You? You know, that song uh, made by MJ and Eddie Murphy. Sorry for my bad English. I'm from Peru. Well, that was perfect. Thank you from Peru. Um, I, I really love that song. We've spoken about this song before. Like, I just think it's really fun. And I kind of like those, like, candid moments with Michael Jackson and the videos. Um, I've actually seen some behind the scenes of that video. And they're just, like, like... Again, didn't I say something like, um, um, like, I just imagine that they set up, like, the screen screen at, like, Neverland in one of the side rooms, and they said, Michael, like, have you got a minute? Can you just, like, you know, <laughs> hang around with Eddie for a bit? And he's, like, you know, in his whole, like, Eddie Murphy pop star yeah. <laughs> whole uh, persona. I love that video. I think it's a lot of fun. Fun And like when I was younger and like my angsty teenage years, I used to watch that because I thought Michael was like, looked like he was having fun and he had such a great smile. Mm. And that was a video that I went to when I was like down in the dumps about anything. What's up with you? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. He loves um he loves his comedians, doesn't he? He seems like every era there's like uh, another like male comedian that he's like really yeah really good friends with. I guess like and also like I hear from some of the interviews about that like what they just what he liked is that they just spoke to him. He, they just spoke to him like he was a normal person. That like, like you know they used to kind of um, you know make jabs at him and kind of have that banter with him. But like they weren't like in awe or like overly too precious about him. Like sometimes they would, you know, make jokes about him and stuff. Um, right, right, right. Should we do last question? I'm gonna let you pick it. Okay, let's see. I gotta pick a good one now. Yeah. So someone asked um, one hour with mj what would you do oh that's interesting so if you had a whole hour right i think if i had an hour i would probably interview him about some things that we never knew about like i would take the time of course like five minutes to be like oh my gosh you impacted my life in this way blah 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 but he's yeah. heard it a thousand times yeah mm. tell me how do you decide um, you know, to put threatened in the show as opposed to this other song. Like, I don't know. I would want to interview him about his creative process. Yeah. If he was cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I guess all you'd really want is like to have not even dinner, just sit at a table <laughs> with him. Um, <laughs> what do you, what activity do you think would be fun to have with him? Like, would you want to have like a water fight with him or something? <laughs> Yeah, you know what would be fun? I would love to go on, um, what is that? That slide that <laughs> I always wanted to go on it. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I have, you know the one that with the bumps. Yeah, yeah. And you go, it's like you sit on like the hay, the hay bag or whatever. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, the, yeah. they're like potato sacks. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Just like and yeah, an hour hanging around in Neverland, I guess. Yeah. Or like just or, or a house room. tour. I would love that. Like, go, like, that some of be... his fun areas of his house and stuff. Ask him different things. That would probably be a good, like, conversation starter. Like, I don't know. Like, that's an interesting painting, painting Michael. What's that about? You know? True, true. Um, also, we also got another super chat by Alex Moonwalk saying, uh, Detail, I met you. Thanks for your video in which you talk about the rivalry between uh, MJ and Prince. Thank you. I loved making that video. We have quite a few on my channel, and they're some of my most popular videos. That was actually the first one that got two million views. My my um plastic surgery video also got two million views recently as well. So, um, so yeah, it's doing doing good. Right. Okay. We're gonna have to move on. We're gonna do desert island discs. Um. So if you guys remember from the uh MJ Unspun um podcast that we're kind of like going down different songs, picking between them, and the ultimate, which we're probably going to have to do for the next season, but is to find our ultimate kind of Michael Jackson track once we, like, pit them all together. Um, yes. Right. So, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So, two songs. We're, how it works is we're picking from these two songs, and then this is going to be our final album that we're taking with us to the <laughs> desert island. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so... Alcohol or Big Boy? Oh, I love both of these. Um, I'm going to say Al Capone. It's funny because they're kind of, I don't know, is, is, is Big Boy, is that even a like release track? I guess it kind of uh, is. But it's not really yeah. in a, it's not really in like a compilation of like Jackson 5 stuff. It's like early recordings, isn't it? 
Yes. I think it was like a Steel Town Records song, like before Motown even. Mm. Yeah, I love that song. But yeah, I'm going to say Al Capone because, yeah, that's just like such a vibe. Like, I love that song. Um, and I think it's super like innovative and obviously is a kind of uh, early demo or beginnings of Smooth Criminal and... I think it, it's, it's, I really like it, but I could tell Michael Jackson was like, this isn't a single, I don't know like what this is, you know? So yeah, I love it. So good. And people in the chat, everyone's choosing Al Capone too. Oh, one person Yeah, we've Big got Boy. Big Boy as well. Oh, I, I'm actually loving everyone's comments. Like it's, it's cool to see what everyone else uh, thinks. Everyone literally like, please let us know like what you'd pick, like Al Capone or Big Boy. But I've, I've got your one as well. So you picked Al Capone as well. So would it be Al Capone or, or um, I Want You Back? So. Oh, that's so hard. But I, I'm gonna go with I Want You Back because I have to, you know, pay homage to the beginnings. Yes. So I'm gonna go with I Want You Back. Out of those, like you know, the four number ones in Jackson Five, which one would you say is your favorite? Like, I'll Be There, The Love You Save, ABC, I Want You Back. Hmm. Um, I, that's hard, but I really love The Love You Save, to be honest. Yeah, I love that song. Oh. I feel like it's one of the least, like, yeah. ABC and I Want You Back are always, like, played on the radio, or, like, they play them in documentaries and stuff. The Love You Save is a little bit, it's a little bit underground. <laughs> right, exactly. It's so good. And I like when they perform it. Um, I like the, stop stop <laughs> or whatever they do <laughs> yeah 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 i love that as well okay, oh we got cool. more super chats um oh yeah we do uh what have we got uh this october 26th marks the 27th anniversary of the dangerous tour in peru my country a concert that was cancelled was it cancelled in peru i'm thinking wow. yeah it was probably around the time of cancellation uh, and then we also have i choose both well, that is not the exercise that we're doing, Alex Moon. We, we <laughs> yeah, have to make yeah. the hard decisions here. <laughs> <laughs> Choose only one. Yeah. Okay. What's my next one? Um, you have either lovely one or butterflies. Oh, oh see, we're getting re really hard ones. Um, and completely different eras. Um... And they're so unique, like, butterflies are such a, like, gentle, like, uh, you know, like, you can't really compare them. What's everyone else saying? They're saying, they're saying lovely one, butterflies, butterflies, lovely one. Again, the same. Yeah. Everyone's split on this one. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say lovely one because, yeah, I, I, okay. I, I, I like the dance, like, I love the ballads, but I'm going to, you know... My go-to is always the dance track, so I think I might get more use out of that song. I understand. I respect that choice. Yeah. It's a hard one. Yeah. Okay, for you, it's black or white or butterflies. <gasps> oh, my gosh. This is hard. I'm trying to think about my life on the island. That's what I always go back to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By myself on this island. 
I would feel like I might need a song like Butterflies to get me through the hard times, you know? You're like, this is going to be rough. I need butterflies. <laughs> yeah, like I need like that slow jam. So I'm going to go with Butterflies. Oh, I'm jealous now. I'm just imagining you on a like tropical beach, like listening yeah. to Butterflies, like just chilling out. <laughs> when I'm going to be like dancing to a... I'm going to be dancing to Lovely One, like erratically trying to find food or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good hype song, you know? Yeah. Alex Moonwalk <laughs> is saying uh, butterflies, but if it's between butterflies or black or white, he picks black or white. So, wow. Yeah. Um, people know I'm not the biggest fan of black or white, but I actually prefer him performing that. Like I've been watching more of the Dangerous Tour performances. I prefer that more when he sings it live than the video. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's why it's not on my list. Um, okay, next, what are you thinking? Um, next, you have One Day in Your Life or a Carousel. Oh, we have completely different. Uh, one Day in Your Life or Carousel. Oh. Well, okay. Uh, okay, One Day in Your Life is going to be my slow jam on the beach then. Okay. If you have our flyers, <laughs> only One Day in Your Life. I don't know, like, shout out to anyone who, like, loves One Day in Your Life, if that's a song that people, like, into. I know Carousel is a great song as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, this is hard times. So we had to pick between these. Exactly. Okay, for you, it's The Lady in My Life or Working Day and Night. Ooh. I'm going to go with Lady in My Life. Like, oh, wait. Wait, not final answer, not final answer. Um, okay, uh, I already have a slow song, don't I? Okay, fine. La okay, working day and night. Sorry. I take back my first answer. It's got to be working day and night because I need something to get me excited, to get me in a good mood. And that working day and night is my favorite song performed live by Michael. So I feel like working day and night will like get you through like the hard times. Like if you've got yeah. stuff to do, you'll be working day and night. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Very needed. Alex Moonwalk is saying uh, one day in your life, so he's agreeing with me. And also he's saying working day and night, so he agrees with you. Oh, uh, nice. So we're thinking about, yeah, the scenario that we're in. You know, Desert Island Disc, like, you know, we need to think about the different moods we're going to have. Um, so, yeah. So what's my next one, then? Okay, your next one is Why You Want a Trip on Me or Tabloid Junkie. Oh, we have the same. Um... Oh, you know what these are all so hard like at the beginning it was like don't like that one love that one but this yeah this is getting really difficult um why you want to trip on me like i that's why i say like the teddy riley stuff is like all my favorites tabloid junkie i think that's like such a great song as well um uh i, I probably still have like a, she's like a, quite a lot of those teddy riley tracks are quite similar to me um so mm -hmm. i'm probably gonna say tabloid junkie because okay. it's a bit, you know, I need a bit of a repertoire, you know, if we're, it's quite, it, I think that's very different compared to a lot of his, um, the songs that he had out at that time. Um, so, so yeah, that's quite a unique, like, track for him. So I want to save that. Um, I agree. And yeah, Alex uh, uh, Moonwalk says the same thing. He says, <laughs> junkie. so we're in agreement there. Um, okay, and for you, it's the same. So it's uh, why you want to trip on me and tabloid junkie. Well, I'm going to go with what you said and uh, Alex Mulock and with tabloid junkie. Yeah. I, 
I don't think I could do without it. Um, I really also think it would be a fun mental exercise to try to learn the lyrics to that yeah. because it's just so complicated. Like that rap part, I have, I have to be honest, I still have no idea what he's saying until he starts singing. So, which bit, which yeah. bit is that are you talking about? I'm trying to, you have to say, oh, tap or jump. Oh, where he's like, yeah, it's not that one. It's um, because I was thinking actually Donald Trump is mentioned in, he's, but he's mentioned in Money. Um, oh, do, have you heard that? Because he says like he mentioned certain like Rockefeller, like different oh, moguls and stuff. Donald Trump. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I think he just says Trump, like, but it's really faint in the background. I'm just thinking, I'm just looking what other people, I think most people are saying tabloid junkie. There's a couple why you want to trip on me. But, um, Someone said, aren't the words in the booklet? Yes. And I need to get on that. Especially if I'm going to a desert island, I need to, I need to get myself together and know what I'm listening to. So, yeah. so with the last one, guys, because it's a bit of an odd number, we have actually just one. So I'm going to pick the song that you picked before, but I'm also going to add my own. Um, okay. So I'm going to try and make this hard for you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so the first song that you picked was "Break of Dawn," okay. and I'm gonna what's what's a similar? I'm gonna say "Heaven uh, Heaven Can Wait." Which oh, those two songs. that's hard. They're very similar, aren't oh. they? I love both of those. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> "Break of Dawn." But you know what? Like, do you think Break of Dawn is quite like Butterflies as well? It is similar. It is similar. There's but a few, such a vibe, though. Yeah, I need it. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I could do without Heaven Can Wait. As Heaven Can Wait is more like dramatic. Like, I feel like it's yeah. more like, I need you. Oh, Alex but, Moonwalk loves Heaven Can Wait. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I chose Break of Dawn, but. Yeah. But Break of Dawn with like the birds singing, like, and it, it feels like Break of Dawn. Like, it feels like, you know, when you've got like the window open and it's like a crisp morning and like the sun's rising and like it just seems yes. like, so like mindfulness. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. You might need that if you're alone on a desert island. Yes, we do. Okay. Um, okay. Right. Do I have one? Yes. So you have one. You have Got the Heart. Okay. And I'm going to try and also add a song hmm. that I think might be good. And I'm going to say, Got the Hots or I Can't Help It. Oh, okay. Um, can't help it. Uh, you know what? Can't help it. I don't think that's one of my faves. Okay. I think I'm going to say Got the Hots. That's such that's such a good track. I love Got the Hots. Yeah, lots Thank of people you. are loving I Can't Help It. I don't know. There's a couple like I imagine like Can't Help It is a bit like uh, Push Me Away and I love that song as well. Like it's just yeah. really like simple and really kind of yeah, like I don't know. It's very like smooth, very like easy listening. Um It is. Alex Moonwalk is also saying I can't help it, so <laughs> So yeah, we're in um, we're just dis in disagreement there. Someone's saying girlfriend. It's a bit like girlfriend, isn't it? Yeah, it is similar. Okay, guys. Well, I think we're going to have to round up now. We're a little bit over, about ten minutes. Um, thanks for everyone who has um, 
like come to this and listen uh, if you've been here for the full two hours or if you've popped in for like a short period of time like we've absolutely loved chatting to everyone and taking everyone's questions and having everyone's input um like it's been really fun um i'd love to do this again sometime but um but yeah we'll definitely let you know um so yeah i think that's us unless you have anything else to say mj fangirl no, just thank you guys for um, tuning in. I really enjoyed being on the Michael Jackson Unspun podcast. Again, go and listen to the podcast, the previous episodes on like any of your streaming um, podcast streaming apps because yeah. we have a lot of great episodes. Yeah, we've got 10 episodes. They're usually around like an hour long. They're on like Apple and on Spotify and like loads of other ones as well. It's called Michael Jackson Unspun if you, um, if you search it, but... But yeah, I think that's it from us and this from uh, from the series as well. So we are uh, hopefully coming back maybe later in the year, uh, but we haven't confirmed anything. Um, but yeah, like I'd just like to say I've really enjoyed this time, like speaking with you and also just doing the podcast. Um, it's kind of funny, like when we first started this, like we didn't really know each other and I feel like we've become like really good mates and like really show like um, different sides of us and our, you know, different quirks in terms of our fandom and really enjoyed our discussions so um so yeah it's been really eventful and really fun same here thank you for having me on each week and i'm excited to see if we come back stay yeah. tuned you guys you never know <laughs> okay brilliant okay see you guys bye, bye.